0: Yo, you wanna be an accountant? Think it over, it ain't easy. You might need a folded Clover. If you ain't willing to work hard, then can it? It's the most sought after job on this planet. Now, you tell me you wanna be an impartial judge of my solvency. Now, you tell me you wanna protect the world from corporate fraudulency. Now, all that sounds like one, son. But you gotta walk before you can run. To know what these numbers mean, you gotta know the debit, credit, Blacksmith Capital Research website, newsletter and related social media posts, content and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer or other professional. How I know, is right? That has gone fast. It's it's honestly really really crazy. Yeah, how the time flew like that. Like it blows my mind as well. Yeah, here we are, a 10-year reunion already about to happen here soon. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, how's the family and everything? It's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about time going fast. I turned 40 this year. And... How you doing? Good, man. How you doing?
0: Great, great. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. Thank you for uh, doing the uh, secondary interview. <laughs>
1: No problem, no problem, like I said this year has uh has taught me that technology you know only works some of the time. you just kind of wonder it's a common human experience, I think is where does time go? I don't think it ever really ends, so
0: no, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, regardless of of whatever's going on, yeah I mean, as they say, no one forgets you uh as no one forgets you even when you die, yeah. At least as as long as you you do something to keep your name ringing (laughs) yeah so um it kept some of the recordings of some of the stuff but i just wanted to at least
1: sure yeah we can we can do whatever you want as far as go back or
0: yeah i just want to kind of talk more about like your your experience with the financial markets uh again like uh, yeah that part about the about the bubble was just really really solid it's like in terms yeah. of the perspective of like how, you know, we all lose at some points, but you still end up in a good spot as long as you just keep on going, you know, yeah. it's really important just not to give up. Yeah. It's like mine as well. It's like, I mean, I've just been looking at the markets for quite some time, but I really just hopped in right as the pandemic had been starting. So I was one of the ones that, you know, early February was really just sitting there like, oh, I think this is actually going to be bad. So yeah, February, 2020, of course, for those listening. Um, but yeah, I was talking to one of my friends, Kevin Doherty. He's a, a technical analyst uh, for Nuveen. And I just been talking to him about the markets and things, just bouncing ideas off of him for, for a bit. We are just talking about some of the press conferences and things going on. And then when it came to the point of the... Um, so for me, it was the day I heard Trump say, 15 cases quickly going to zero. I remember texting, texting <laughs> Kevin. Uh, so we we call him Doc. I was like, yeah, this is not gonna be good. Time to buy uh-huh. the puts. And interestingly <laughs> enough, right at that time, we were seeing MACD um, trending right towards going bearish uh-huh. um, and everything and the stochastics and everything were signaling and we we're starting to see moving averages quickly dropped because overseas things were getting worse you know quicker than they were here so we're already seeing supply chains getting disrupted and many people still weren't selling i mean smart money had been deleveraging and i noticed that as well and yeah, i was just like him and my friend daniel marcus i was telling them both like yeah i i think spy is gonna really really like (laughs) drop really quick here And, and they're just like yeah you really think this is real i'm like yeah there's no way it isn't And then within a week, you know, you're seeing countries in Europe really starting to shut down and everything. And I believe it's like on Reddit, uh, I'd been seeing um, some videos of just a bunch of blockages of some roads in Mm. China. And then also what looked like some like incinerators and things coming around. And then kind of some videos in the streets. Mm. And from there, uh, and the weird part was that the videos were getting like quickly deleted. So like I'd try to like send it to someone like an hour or so later and then they just weren't there. And wow. I, I just almost didn't really know That's what scary. to believe. And yeah. then some people were also posting um, satellite images of uh, Iran and it looked mm. like, these, like mass graves and things were being built. Mm. And, uh, the numbers they were putting up for deaths were like really low. Wow. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm more of a, I'm going to look at, everything with just like open eyes is you know i don't want to count anything out just in case it's like oh whatever i didn't you know consider to be true ends up you know coming to fruition
1: yeah i think that's a good you know i you were way ahead of it i I remember i I promised all my kids i said listen i'll i'll give you a thousand dollars to invest in the stock market if you have good elementary parent-teacher conferences. Well, it's, it's not too hard to have good elementary parent-teacher conferences. My daughter was in seventh grade in 2020, and you know she had just finished sixth grade at, at Hoover, and I said, okay, I'll I'll give you a thousand. But Well, by the time I finally got around to investing in a stock market account, for, I did a Vanguard account, and I invested the last week in February, and we put all the money in the stock market. I really wasn't paying attention to anything. I'm like, this is put it all in the stock market. Well, she instantly lost almost half of her value. I mean the thing you know we went down to like five hundred bucks as the market cratered as you saw you know we should have put some puts on or maybe done some shorting, total advanced, but anyways, she lost half the value. <laughs> she was mad at me, and I said, well, let's just wait and see and of course twenty twenty turned out to be actually a great year uh, for stocks and so by the end of the year we had i think a couple hundred dollars more than we'd put in but uh, my timing was was not
0: good. Hey, I mean, the worst thing you can do is never get in because that's true. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, technically, you never lost anything if you never sold. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah, and I mean, on the other end too. I mean, she got to learn as well. I mean, the benefits of staying in in certain situations, especially right. the helicopter money coming in and everything. Another interesting yeah. thing was that, yeah. So you know, I with me just getting into the markets at that time. It was, okay, I need to find as many sources of information as possible. Just really stay on my toes and everything. So that whole Wall Street Bets community everyone's talking about lately. So I joined it towards the very beginning of the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was actually, I'm really thankful for it because I found some really nice stocks out of it. And not only that, but the Wall Street Bets community pretty much timed the market bottom, almost perfectly.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like the second the uh, CARES Act got passed, everyone was in there like, "Hey, they're throwing out money for everyone. Stimulus checks coming soon." It's like, "Oh, uh, they, they just they just saved the market. It's time to start buying calls on like this, 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 and this." And I remember Hertz, how like you know, rental cars are not really being a big thing, but at the same time, like, so Hertz was one of the like first uh, actuals. Like you know, squeezes. It Ooh. was just trending down to like a dollar and then oh, it was right. randomly just popping like over <laughs> and over and over again. I mean, people weren't noticing that. And then yeah. like how people do the like buy and hold thing. Yeah. Tesla was another one of those. I like people yeah. who are like, how's how how is the stock still going up? It's like these people and Wall Street Pets really like this stock and like young young kids <laughs> really like this stock and they're holding it for the future. So they don't care like yeah. what happens with it so yeah yeah, it's
1: it's interesting how
0: you know the
1: dissemination of information has really changed things like my brother has been a trader in the chicago board of trade for years kind of on and off he's done options and bonds and commodities and you know he would tell me years ago that they pretty much knew what was going to happen in the market like everybody kind of knew but the commoner and meaning, you know, people like me and you who are not in the financial markets every single day, like that's our job, didn't really have access to information. And now the lid is kind of blown off, which you saw this last year. And you were kind of in the forefront of that, which really would be a fascinating interview in and of itself, I think, to hear your whole journey through, you know, the whole whole year with Wall Street bets, because I didn't even know about Wall Street bets until, you know, uh, GameStop. And so but I, I think it's interesting how, and I think I, I told my students is that um, it's a totally different world now. There's so much information. You can buy and sell basically anything easily. We couldn't buy and sell anything. We didn't know how, there's no access to brokers. So it's, it's pretty cool. And, and it's cool that that community then can actually influence the price of stocks. I, I just think that's, that's fascinating, it's cool. It's freedom of
0: information, and it's a new age. Yeah, it's just really, the really thing, uh really great thing I liked about it was it really showed the power people can have when they share information together and they really act as a group. Yeah. It was, yeah, if you, I mean, the thing I really liked was how much it got on the news uh, earlier this winter. Yeah. I, was, I was sitting there like, I don't think CNBC just realizes the they just awoke it's like oh. talking about wall street bets all the time all they did was make it so that more people got interested in yeah. it more more people started jumping into the subreddit like it's like 10 yeah. million people are so in there now i mean some of them are bot accounts some of them are probably larger institutions trying to spy yeah. in there and like put in some misinformation but even that like the general wall street bets community is kind of like figure their way around so like I noticed that these institutions are probably using text mining to figure out like what's being talked about and stuff. Mm. So that's being worked around with like emojis and things like that to talk about certain stocks or uh, certain words will just be transposed and things like that to just mess with mm. the text mining. So, so it can kind of get around that. So when I just keep seeing like, the, yeah, these kids are all dumb. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of first time investors in there making mistakes, but, yeah. It's like that's at the regular market, like everyone. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's not discount the fact that we're getting more people interested in the financial markets. And that's a good thing because the more people in there as well, I think it just helps stabilize some things a little more.
1: Yeah. And sort of levels the playing ground, really. I mean, you know, I think with you saw with GameStop and some of the other short squeezes, the hedge funds basically can do what they want because they have so much money and they can influence the shares one way or another. And it was really cool to see the community sort of rise up and say, no, we're going to go the other way. Um, so I think they're going to have to change their strategy a little bit. If, if you're a hedge fund, I don't feel too bad. for them. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. it's, it was fascinating to watch in real time and talk about with students too. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Another thing on that direct call out to Congress here, it's like they're absolutely full of crap. So when it comes to the, yeah, yeah, we have to protect people this and that. I mean, halting these stocks so people could only sell and not buy was yeah. not protecting everyone. You actually yeah. screwed screwed some people over that had made some smart long term investments like Nokia, it's probably my favorite stock and I'd been buying into shares and in long dated options like 2022 2023 wow. the longest. And when it started popping, like it went up to $9 a share at one point during those squeezes. I didn't understand why it was being targeted for a squeeze. Like people were calling it a squeeze and I'm like, there's like no short interest on this. It's like, mm. It's just like a company that has like 4 billion or so shares outstanding and people just didn't really know about it. Then people yeah. were finding out about it and it being so cheap, it just started rocketing. It like, you know, like doubled in like a day. So I was sitting there just looking at my account like, oh my God, I might not have to work for a few years. And then (laughs) all of a sudden it gets halted and I just see it drop, 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 (laughs) drop. And I'm just like- You couldn't do anything. Yeah, and then I'm seeing Liz Warren come on TV and all these other congressmen and women come on TV talking about we're protecting people. It's like, you didn't protect me. Like I could have just made all of this money. Protected some people. we have all the money already (laughs) exactly because it was at a perfect time for a catalyst too it had just just come to a golden cross and Mm -hmm. they had earnings the next week and their industry the telecom sector is supposed to have like a 23 to 26 percent compound annual growth rate through 2026 Mm -hmm. with all the 5g they own so many of the patents and everything on it and they have so many commercial 5g deals and private uh, business 5g deals so in terms of their cash flow and everything coming in they had everything going for them i think they've now beat their last three uh earnings um, expectations as well so they just keep getting better and better and then now their 5g uh commercial revenue is finally starting to come in they got the mm-hmm. deals with t-mobile at&ts and things like that so that's amazing like, wow. I,
1: yeah. I, I i you know the only thing I know about Nokia is I used to have a Nokia brick, of course, uh, when I was younger. And uh, I accidentally swam in a pool with it in my pocket one time. And I came out of the pool, I remember, and it worked just fine. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, too. So there's cheaper end uh, uh, 5G phones and like um, regular smartphones that yeah. say Nokia no on them. But the funny thing yeah. is Nokia doesn't make them. They hmm. sold off their phone. Unit. Interesting. So yeah. another com- another company makes the phones, but because they own the licensing, they get a cut get of money, every yeah. single phone sold. Smart. Yeah, yeah. And like recently they won um they won licensing, like lawsuit deals with against uh Ericsson, one of their main competitors. Oh, yeah. Sam Samsung, another one of their main competitors, and another one against Lenovo, which is being becoming huge in the in the commercial space for uh, for uh, secure computing, it's like, you walk into most banks now, you're going to see a Lenovo computer that the person's using. Wow. And you walk, walk into most businesses now, um, like larger ones are using <laughs> Lenovo computers. And I was noticing that as well. So the second I kept seeing those lawsuits, it was like, oh, yeah, i going to buy some more shares here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, like, I dabble in the options a lot, um, but a more of a like trend swing trader in in those, especially during earnings a lot. because sure. I'll track certain stocks throughout yeah. throughout the whole uh, quarter. But yeah, I also really do have a lot of those long term trades. because what I like to do is take close to fifty percent of all those profits on options, toss them right back in um, to uh, to my long terms or just to hold in my, in my Roth or just side cash to just buy in yeah. certain stocks over time that I just like end up finding out of research. It's a good idea. But I mean, enough about me and in my end of things. What's your favorite type of asset? Good way to do it. I mean, trade what you know. Best That's, way right. To, That's right. That's right. Make Warren sure. Buffet. Yeah. Make, best way to make sure you actually, you know, keep making money in the yeah. market and that you don't you know, sit there panicking if something goes wrong. Because that's another thing I just see a lot of people uh, doing, especially early in their time in the market. Like, I mean, I was making those mistakes, especially those, like, first four or five months I was trading. Yeah. And to, to those listening as well, like, you're not going to quickly get a process. I mean, I'm still refining mine. And you're right. probably going to for the rest of your life. You always have to be willing to switch things up.
1: Yeah, I mean, things are going to go wrong, right? I mean, that's just life. Whether it's investing or relationships or school or work, you're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. Can you keep getting back on the horse after you get knocked off a couple of times? You know, I think that's one of the big keys. And I think something you said the last time we were on together was, you know, continually learning about things. You know, when I hear your stories, I, I see somebody who is continually learning. And, you know, if... I think if I could wish for one thing that like a student from high school or any school would would have at the end of their K through 12, it would be that they're just curious and they want to keep learning about whatever. It could be anything, could be stocks, bonds, real estate, cars, uh, how to build houses, whatever, but something, because that's really going to propel you in life. And definitely it has with you and investing and with me in real estate
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thank my parents for that a lot. Um, yeah. So I was uh, born in 95, so I still came up for some of the DSL days. And when I was younger, I spent a lot of time on the computer. So me and my parents, especially my mom, she likes to talk on the phone a lot, <laughs> would have those fights of, hey, I'm trying to be on the phone. Why are you on the computer right now? Get off the computer. So the oh, solution... Wait, you, so wait, you
1: had an old modem that, 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 that you couldn't do the phone in the... Oh, man. You really are old, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right on that edge of, uh, you know, Gen Z millennial, but I see myself definitely more in the millennial at this point, yeah, but wow. yeah, the solution was, all right, Saturdays, Sundays, like, we're dropping you off the library with one of your friends, and that's how you're going to spend your day, so you can do whatever on the computer there. You, and so you were one on of those home.
1: kids, you were one of those kids who used the library for hours and, like, didn't let anybody else on, huh?
0: yeah yeah uh, but then when we'd run out of computer time came time to, all right let's go find some books so we just roamed the library ourselves and really got to you know learn more about just being curious on your own and you know yeah. google googling about certain books and then going out in the library like hey do you have this and then here it is And you yes, just yeah. finding our way around so i think that just like really lent to my curiosity as well just being forced to just search for things consistently
1: that's great i mean you know i was one of those kids in high school who never liked to read i sort of always bragged, you know like i've never read a book and i made it all the way through school and i never read a book and that kind of continued when i was an undergrad and then at about age 20 i sort of looked around at everybody in my life who i kind of wanted to be like who's smart intelligent you know um well you know I think I I think I mentioned it on your on your post but um, I've had the best luck or I don't know if luck is it but I've done the best with with real estate and um, you know I seem to get in the stock market at the I seem to go in big at the wrong time whether it was the tech bubble in two thousand or I put all the money you know I put my daughter's money in before the coronavirus uh, or I didn't get out of my penny stock at the right time but uh I've had the most, you know, um, I've done the best with real estate. And so uh, I think that that's been probably my favorite one and uh, for some various reasons, but um, that's definitely the one that I like the most. I know the most about it. And so I kind of stick to that. Uh, Yeah, had good jobs, you know, were, were, were leaders. And I noticed one thing about all of them that I had in common and it was that they all read a lot. And so I decided right then, I'm like, well, I better become a reader. And I realized I actually like books a lot, <laughs> but, it, but it took a while for, for me to get there.
0: Same, yeah. Uh remember like seventh grade, um, yeah, Miss Platt. So she had this like um, thing where it's like, okay, you get to set whatever goal you want of uh, literacy. Yeah, set whatever goal you want for your, um, trimester in mine I remember for one of them was yeah I read 20 books and I was like she's like oh okay that's a lot (laughs) it's a book every three days of the trimester and I was like yeah I know I'm gonna do it though and I think I got to like 18 or something like that and it it was tough uh I spent a lot of time reading lots of weekends and things like that but at the end of the day I honestly really loved the experience because it just forced me to I one I just learned a lot of new words two I just got a little more confident myself as well because one thing a lot of people don't really realize about me is I grew up with a really really bad stutter Hmm. Uh, yeah everyone would have guessed it yeah well speech pathology and yeah I went to a lot of that especially over the summer so that helped a lot and then uh, I mean that just shows me the value in education for one as well but for you what brought you more towards teaching business?
1: Well, you know, I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, I, got, I got a business degree from Southern Illinois University. And then I also, I always took more than 15 credit hours. And so I had an extra semester and a half and I decided to get a teaching license. I got a teaching license because my, my wife at the time was still in school. And so I got a teaching license. And um, I worked in the corporate world for a couple of years. And I realized pretty quickly, I think, as I said in the last thing, that I was going to have to move and sort of climb the corporate ladder. And I, I just really wasn't into that. And so um, I got a job at City teaching business back in 2007. And, you know, I pretty much loved it ever since. I've loved the relationships. Um, I've loved getting to know all the students through the years. And and it's been, it's been an interesting topic. I, I wasn't, you know, when I went to college, I never thought, teaching business was going to be what I was going to do, but it changes every day. You know, there's a couple of things that stay the same, but you know, it's new stories every day. It influences everybody's life, whether they want it to or not. Um, and, you know, it's way more nuanced than just like, Hey, this is a big corporation that runs your, your life, you know, bow down to them. You know, business is about at its core, I'm sure, you know, fixing problems. And I think that uh, that appeals to lots of people in different areas and different disciplines. It's been a great it's been a great job. Um, I never planned on it, but life, as you know, takes a lot of twists and turns, and that was definitely a a turn for for me.
0: It's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you found something. You know, just one really enjoy but Two, where you get to touch the lives of so many others. And for uh, one example, is like just how good you are with um, really relating. Kids as well, and just making these topics fun for them. Like I remember um when I was a junior, I believe was the year you did the the debit credit song. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got on the news and everything. YouTube hit soon to be a soon to be on the Billboard top (laughs) ten. And
1: I'm gonna hey everybody needs to hit that gray bell and you know subscribe. Got a lot of viewers, not a lot of subscribers.
0: That's probably gonna be the intro song for the episode.
1: (laughs) I love it. That
0: yeah, that would be great in there. That'd be great. Yeah. Go viral. Hey, you might want to upload it to TikTok or something too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I should get a TikTok first.
0: <laughs> so, what about um, in terms of like adverse financial things? You said you kind of got into the markets at the wrong time. Or what did you think about the whole thing that happened in 2008? And what did you kind of think of how the, everything was handled in the aftermath?
1: You know, looking back to 2008 and now being in the real estate space, I I wish I would have had my head about me to buy a bunch of real estate. If there was ever a time to buy it, that was the time. Um, I'm not sure you're ever going to see prices that low for physical assets like that ever again in the U.S. You might if something catastrophic happens, but something catastrophic did happen and actually prices went up. Uh, So. You know, I think the bottom line with all the the 2008 crisis was the government basically saying, we're not gonna allow most institutions to fail. And if you couple that with what just happened in 2020, the government saying, we're also not gonna allow our constituents to starve and go without housing. I think it shows a pretty firm commitment to printing as much money as we need to prop things up, whether that's loaning it to big institutions like AIG or to individual people through stimulus checks, I don't know what to think about that. I don't, you know, I know there's been a lot written about inflation and is it good or bad? What about modern monetary theory? Is that the new way we're going to look at things? Um, but it definitely feels like that was sort of the turning point where the government said, "We're going to step in in the future. We're never going to let." The great depression happened again so i think there's definitely some good things i think the consequences of that are playing out and are still playing out um and i'm not sure what the you know the eventual consequences will be of the 2008 but like i said i wish i would have bought more real estate i just started teaching i didn't know anything about real estate and so um i wasn't thinking about it i wish i would have been though but you know, with investing, and I'm sure you know this, you you kind of can't play the coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Because you're mm-hmm. just gonna kill yourself. Oh, I should have bought that stock then. Well, if you would have bought it, then you probably would not have held it until now. You know, yeah. those early people who bought Dogecoin probably didn't hold it until it was you know fifty cents. They probably got out at eight cents. They made a bunch of money. Yeah,
0: times twenty twenty.
1: Right. So you know, you got to. It's like being a DB in football. You got to have a really short memory, and you know, we I've, I've probably lost more money. Well, I've, I've probably broke even on the stock market. With real estate investing, we almost lost $100,000 when we first started in Illinois. We hired a guy to flip a house for us. He turned out to be a drug addict. He was running guns through the house. He got arrested. It was a disaster. But we've had a lot of different hits in different areas in real estate. And i have had different hits in the stock market. So I'm a big fan of diversification, which I'm sure you are too. And I've heard you guys talk about um, different investment vehicles, different areas, um, because who knows what's gonna happen? No one has a crystal ball, especially after this last year. If you think you know the future, you know, you're gonna be sorely mistaken.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's another thing we've really tried to be sure to do to never get overconfident because yeah. they're overconfident, get complacent. That's when you're going to start to lose. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, I see every week as a new week, especially, and it's nice with it, you know, being a new trading week, it can look at charts on just like a five day or something, but yeah. Yeah. I just tell myself, it's like, Hey, it doesn't matter what I made last week. doesn't matter what I lost last week. It's a new week, new opportunities, new week, new opportunities. Tell myself that. Going into every single Monday. Yeah, that's
1: great. I should tell myself that too.
0: Yeah, we're working on that as well. I've just kind of been a little slow on doing it because everyone's like, "Oh, you get so addicted to it, missing that." Yeah. 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 Is it either that, or I'll just hang on to whatever happened the last week a little too much, and either if it was a good week, it's get too complacent, or if it was a bad week, just stay in the pits, and one way or the other, you know, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So what advice or knowledge would you have for anyone that does want to invest?
1: Well, I would say, and I think you you guys preach this too, that investing is really about creating the life that you want. Um, it's essentially creating a life for your future self. And you're saying, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to create a future uh, better life for AJ or Muhammad or D that is going to be um, really good. And I think to me, that, that's sort of what investing is all about. It, it's about having flexibility. I think the people who are most miserable that I know are have jobs that are the least flexible and they're going in at a set time every day doing the same thing. Uh, and the people who I know who have, I think, less stress and are, are happier are the ones who um, have a little diversity in their workday, have flexibility. I tell my students, look, at some point in your life, everybody is going to want to stop working. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to go into work. You might love your job. You know, you might have loved it for years. You might have loved it for a year. But at some time, every single person is going to wake up and say, either I can't go in because maybe there's been an illness or an injury or a disability to yourself or a family member, or you want to do something else with your life. You want to take your time and you go see your grandkids or your kids or your significant other or your friends or you want to travel. It's going to happen. I think that's a message. that's really difficult to tell young people because we're so drilled with the notion of, well, I got to go to school. I got to get a job. I got to work hard for all these years. And then someday I'm going to do what I want to do. And I I just think I want to say, if you're smart with your money, you can make that decision sooner rather than later. And at some point in your life, you're going to to have to make it um, for various reasons. But at some point, everyone's going to say, I don't want to go into work. And so investing is about having the flexibility to say, I, I can do that. I can live off my investments. I can do something else. I built this whole skill set up over here. Uh, I got the side hustle. Um, so whatever you invest in, I just tell the, st- the students, I say, you know, you should start practicing or start thinking about it because, you know, for some people that, that day hits they're 25 and they're like, I can't do this anymore. or I don't want to do this anymore. Or my parent needs me at home and I have to move. What am I going to do for work? So
0: it's really about creating flexibility in, in the life that you want to have. Love that. Love that. Great note to kind of bring us out on as well. And yeah, just one last thing I wanted to say before we did uh, go out. I just remember earlier, everyone was talking about Nokia and how uh, you could only sell. And some of you were probably thinking, well, why didn't you just sell it? At least at some rate. It's because I believe in the stock. So screw uh through <laughs> the, big, the big boys that uh stop the buys. I'm holding on to those. I got till 2022, 2023 on those long term options. I think we still got a lot of room to go. So
1: nice, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, I think once you believe and understand what you're investing in, it frees you up to have the confidence to make decisions that maybe you would not otherwise make. And a lot of times, I've found for me at least in the real estate space those investments have been some of the best ones where just, I just know that this is a good investment and I'm going to go with it. I don't really care what anybody else says. Um, And so, you know, part of that is confidence. Part of that's education. Part of that's working hard and just understanding that investment tool. Um, But part of it is just saying, I'm going to go for it. And even if you don't, you know, make out like a bandit. um, Like you said, it's also about getting in the game, staying in the game, and just giving it a
0: shot. Exactly. Yeah, I love how you put that confidence piece as well, because that's the really cool thing about the markets as well. It's one of those things where it's not just, oh, you were right. It's, no, you get paid to be right. And how cool is that? Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. just want to say thank you so much again, Mr. Lehman. and. doing what you're doing is you're changing so many kids lives and influencing so many as well Uh, we're so thankful to have you in the IOC city community and so thankful to have you in this state it's like educators like you that really push kids forward and just give them more faith in what they can do
1: well i appreciate it i love stuff like this uh, because you know deep down you can teach everybody everything but i really think especially with investing and that investing mindset that you guys have it's really caught, you know, it's not taught. I'll just tell one more anecdote to, to close this out. I had some guys, uh, some, some former City High students come in and, and talk to me and they said, hey, we, we really wanna get invested in real estate. We see this fourplex and we wanna buy it. I said, well, why do you wanna get invested? They said, well, we've been working some jobs in the community and we just realized, you know, we're not gonna go anywhere. These jobs are not gonna take us where, where we wanna go. They're not gonna help us meet our goals. And even though I could tell them, I could tell students that back when we were in school together, it really takes experience to teach you, oh, I need to do something else. It could be investing, it could be a new job, it could be moving, it could be a new relationship. You know, really the knowledge, the best knowledge is the knowledge we teach ourselves. That's why it really is caught. And so that's why I think I love podcasting right? because it changes your mindset and it changes the way you think about the world. And so if you can impact just a couple people, that's huge. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you're doing. Very proud of the City High alumni. Um, I'm going to show my classes this podcast and be like, guys, this is hashtag goals.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. And uh, as the numbers keep running up on it, you you can show them that you're famous, especially once a debit credit hits top 10 on the billboard charts. (laughs)
1: i'm gonna give you guys some uh, royalties for sure
0: oh thank you so much
1: you bet man yeah
0: yeah, thank you again for doing the interview and yeah just thoroughly enjoyed it if you ever want to hop back on again we'd love to have you or if you ever want us to pop into the class we'd love to do that as well that would be awesome let's plan on it awesome i'm in i'm in all right all right thank you so much and have a great rest of your day and a great summer as well you've earned it Been
1: one long year. Thanks, Mo. We'll see you later.
0: The Blacksmiths Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.